The Red Dirt D&D Podcast is brought to you by Pro Laser Cuts. The Oklahoma company provides pre-made and customizable design laser cut dice towers, tokens, and more. Developed by a gamer for gamers and now available to enhance your tabletop game. Pro Laser Cuts products can be found at many Oklahoma City area game stores, local events, and now available online at ProLaserCuts.com. That's laser and cuts with a Z, Pro Laser Cuts. And by TokenCon 2022, coming to Oklahoma City March 18th through the 20th. TokenCon, Oklahoma's board game convention, is returning after hugely successful events in 2018 and 2019. The three-day celebration of gaming is taking place in a newer, larger venue at the Embassy Suites by Hilton on South Meridian in Oklahoma City near Will Rogers World Airport. At TokenCon, you can play games from a huge library of more than 600 titles and meet board game designer Tom Lehman. More information and ticket purchasing available right now at TokenCon.net. Welcome to Red Dirt D&D. I'm Michael Cross, and I play Gaz, an orc barbarian in search of adventure. I'm Connor Schnold. I play Connor with a K, a kobold sorcerer who is a continuous thorn in the Empire's side. I'm Johnny Payne, and I play the half-elf roguish warlock, Zonimus Dinar, who's going to take back everything he's ever lost. I'm Kiri Hester, and I play Poppy Tealeaf, a halfling druid who is determined to protect the frontier from the might of the Empire. I'm Brooke Bullock, and I play Mocker and Stone Shaper, a young dwarf sorcerer finding his true family as revealed by the secrets of the frontier. And I'm Ash King, your dungeon master. Join us now for Tales from the Callban Frontier. Morning in the frontier. Sun is shining, birds are singing. Connor, Gaz, and Mokrin, will you all give me constitution saving throws? Mokrin, you will roll at advantage because of dwarf. Nine. Nine. <laughs> 14. 14. Modified 20. 20, all right. So Mokrin, you wake up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go. Gaz, your head's a little fuzzy, but it's not bad. Oh, I'm getting out of my mom. Don't leave me. I mean, uh, oh, yes, another fine day. Let's head to the trail. Connor, you're wishing someone had already invented Tylenol. Uh, Gaz, shut up. <laughs> my head. Wildfire <laughs> licks your face. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I do not miss that. Actually, I kind of, I kind of miss that. Wildfire, go lick his face. He misses it. For about the ninth time, Mokrin asked, So you call it mead? That is mead. That's true. Orcish mead. On the back of a horse. On the well. On wherever you can make it. It just has to ferment a bit, and then it is fantastic. That's amazing. Connor! Uh... Come, on, come, Connor. Why are you walking that way for? Come over here. Why are you shouting? <laughs> I'll be there in a minute. The sunlight is incredibly bright, <laughs> even for, you know, 8 a.m. on the frontier. I put my hangover sunglasses on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we need, next time we see Smithson, we need to have him make you some, like, sunglass goggles. Mm-hmm. The kobold is, is stumbling as you all move to break camp. Definitely give Connor some coffee. Thank you, Poppy. I put extra sugar in it. 
thank you. And I take it and start to drink it. You know, it really make you feel better. What? Some more of the meat! <laughs> <laughs> In an orcish, I will say, an orc after my own heart. I, I think I'm good, buddy, and I like pat your thigh or something. I'm good. I just want to stop feeling like this, and I think whatever Poppy handed me will work better than what you hand me. You know, I make a better cup of tea than I make coffee, but. Uh, I think you're protesting, right? Yes. Yeah. But. <laughs> This is the way that Gideon used to make it, and that was really good, so I feel like it'll help. Thank you. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> Friend Zonimus, you said we were heading to Fort Rushing Water, correct? Yeah, that's right. Very good. What brings you out here again? I am actually heading to Fort Rushing Water. I was going to see my mother's, but it sounds like your situation is so dire that you might need my help. Zonimus nods in that, yeah, you did tell me that. I just want to make sure your story is the same the next day. I don't know if we necessarily need your help, but we sure do appreciate it. That's right nice of you to offer. Oh, thank you, young puppy. All right, pick everything up, put out the fires. <laughs> Stick the kobold in a bag, put it in the back of the cart. <laughs> yes, I'm crawling back into the bag to avoid the sun. So we get the get the kobold all tucked into the back of the cart. <laughs> so. Yeah, buttercup. Have you been there before, Gaz? To Fort Rushing Water. Yes. Yes, I have. It's a simply a dwarven mining area that uh, keeps track of those coming to and from the western half of the Caliban frontier. There's a bridge there across the Great Mother River. It's where I began my first adventure so long ago. How long since you've been back? About six years. All right. Well, we haven't been there before. We Are we going the right way? We are, yes. Don't worry, I will get you there. Okay. I know he's a lot in the morning. It's going to take a few days getting used to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even drink anymore, and this is too much to handle. We may need to start getting up like half an hour before him just so we can prepare emotionally. What was it like when you left six years ago? I'm just wondering if it be the same. Again, I don't usually go into the politics. I mean, they do their work. I go there to get supplies if I need them, but for the most part, nothing seems to change. They are dwarves. They seem to be more of the outcast variety, not of your typical eastern Venturist dwarves, who I've noticed can be a bit snobbish. Ockren's eyes move side to side. <laughs> <laughs> but they seem as good, healthy community, they weren't at a want for anything. At the time. At the time. Right. Okay. Alright, well, just trying to see what we're getting ourselves into. Mokran? Yes, sir. Dude, what do you know of this place? Yeah, uh, well, here, here's the thing, Zonimus. Um, I don't know if you know, if we talked about it exactly a whole lot, but um, I mentioned there was kind of an incident uh, back at uh, the Dwarven Holt, and uh, uh, it was kind of Kind of on the down low for a while, uh, but but then my uncle Jacoby gave us this job. You were outcast, were you? Uh, almost. Did you say this is a place for outcast dwarves? Let's just say I almost made it to on a on a on a train, and then a wagon. Uh, I almost came to the last stop a different way, and then out to Fort Russian Water. But um, but uh, my mom, she helped me out, and uh, and they just I, I kind of I literally got some work way down in the bottom tunnels where uh, it could kind of get out of the way and if I say so, just have people forget about me for a while until it all blew over. Well, I'll tell you what, Mockin. It sounds like 
whatever path you would have took, our path would have crossed eventually. Huh. You see, I, my shoulders kind of lift a little bit, like the idea that I would have found you guys no matter what. That gives, that gives him a good thought. Gaz have a last name? I am Gazdal, son of Yazgash and Mazgal. I'm Zonimus, and it's early. <laughs> How much did you guys drink? We introduced each other last night. <laughs> we did. I was just filling them out this next morning to see if. Oh, uh, same name again. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, not same name, but I mean, just. Yeah. I'm going to ride. I'm going to take the front. How about you just let me? Yeah. The... Yeah, yeah. So on the horizon by midday. You can do it. Usually I don't ride up front until Gideon says, hey, come here, and I go up front. Uh-huh. But he says, I was going to go up front and look around and call you up. If we're just walking, yeah, wildfire. I, I've never really thought about the mechanics of how that would work because wildfire is a dog, but we're just walking. We're not, like, galloping. How long is it going to take to get there, guys? We still got a couple days, I think. So, you journey on, following the Great Mother River. It takes a few days, but you do eventually get to the bridge. It is a solid piece of dwarven construction, and you do see guard towers on either side of it that are also acting as basically toll booths. Dwarven guard hails you as you all approach. Guys, is this was this here before? Yes, they have they've built this up. It's a little larger, a little bit more built, a little bit more fortified than it was six years ago, but. Pretty much the same. I'll ride up in a talking distance. The dwarf that hailed us. Howdy. Hey, state your business. Passing through, and for rushing water, get some supplies, a little rest. Well, you'll find the fort after you pass the bridge about half a day beyond. Been all quiet between here and there recently? Uh, nothing we can't handle. Fair enough. And I'll motion for everyone else to pass while I stand there and take in the scenery. Well, currently there is a gate mm-hmm. stopping you from okay. actually going across the bridge. Mm-hmm. Let's say for the size of your party, it's a gold pass by. Like grin, here it comes. All right, I think I have a gold on me. I'll reach it in my coin purse, pull one out, hold it up to the sun, flick it to him. Catch it. Go on, I'll turn and motion again. I say it brings it, brings it up to the teeth. For the gang to go past me. Test it. Puts in a pouch. He uh, gives a shout in Dwarven, and the gate does start to rescind to the side, allowing you all to pass by. As we pass by, I will wave, and I will say, thank you, sir, in Dwarvish, because I never get to use that skill. (laughs) Thank you, sir. (laughs) You get that kind of weird, like, native speaker versus oh yeah <laughs> uh book learning maybe there was something not quite right about your accent that made it kind of funny but you just see the dwarf just kind of grimaces a little bit shakes his head i'm as, being nice as Malkin trots by with buttercup and the cart can i see if there is any clan symbols or signage or anything to recognize sure this guy might be not with a natural two, I imagine. No, I can actually imagine probably at this point, Mokrin, you might be as stiff as a rod, just trying to maintain mm-hmm. proper behavior, because mm-hmm. you would say you do notice these guys are rough, like rough. It looks like probably at some point in the past, beards were shorn 
and they've just now started to grow them back out. But beyond that, no, you, right. you, you don't look at them very long. When we get a little clear of the gateway mm -hmm. and the bridge, Zonus, Zonus. Yeah. Uh, hey, did you notice? Um, you notice how rough them guys is looking? No. That's why right. I brought you. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't. I, I was just trying to keep my eyes forward and uh, you know, like pretend like I ain't here. But uh, they plum have them beards sh shaved off at some point. That's bad news. That's growing back, which means they've been allowed to kind of re-enter society and stuff, but I mean, even the way they greeted you, they were just like, hmm, that's rude. Like, that's not a way that Dwarven Guard should greet any guest. Well, I've had much more rude greetings than a grunt from a dwarf before. Will they be allowed to grow their beards out because they have been accepted back into society, or are they just thumbing their nose at the rules and growing them because they want to? No, they definitely have been given permission right. to grow back. If your sentence ain't done yet, you might just find yourself tied back down and, and shorn again. So would you say they were amongst honorable dwarves? I'd say there's somebody keeping folks in order, but this is going to be a rough crowd, and uh, we need to let the others know that uh, if they don't see a dwarf with a full beard, or at least one, you know, that looks like a good human beard like mine, then then we gotta be real careful because that person is all kinds of trouble. All right, why don't you get some more of that tea or coffee, whatever it is, Poppy was passing around and stay on the alert for any dwarven things that we don't know about because we're not dwarves. Yeah, all right, I'll try. I was, uh, those guys pretty freaked me out a little bit, and I, I gotta say, I didn't notice much, but aside of his glance, but I'll, I'll try to pay more attention. You know, guys, this is just so much nicer. The last time we crossed the river, we had to fight a couple hydras. It was a touch-and-go situation there for a while, but, yeah. <laughs> well, why were there hydras over here at the bridge? Oh, they weren't here. No, we crossed the river. Um, how far away was that, Connor? It was a few days. It was a few days north. Um, how did you do that? She parted the water, and we just... Well, you know I'm a druid, and I can do things like moving water from one location to another location so that we can get across. But the Hydras were mad that I was disrupting their river, I assume. And so they came out, and they tried to hurt Wildfire here. That was that was a bad business, but he seems okay now. I think that's amazingly powerful. I mean, my mother knows how to do many great powers. I don't know all of them. Maybe she knows how to do something like that. Oh, she definitely knows how to do something like that. Well, I would say I am very impressed. And the fact that you got everybody safely across. I mean, I just held the water up, but I wouldn't say it was a good time, but we were successful in our endeavor. Yeah. Well, few people can say they've walked away from a hydra. She's being modest. She says she just held the water up. She created a valley in that river for us to traverse and kept it open while we handled the hydras. We only had to handle one of them before the other one got the hit and ran away. But I'm just saying, this bridge is nice because I don't have to, you know, I can I can do things like hold water back, but it makes me real tired after a while. So being able to just like walk across the bridge is mighty convenient. It is. And only a half day's journey to Fort Rushing Water should not take us any time at all. And no hydras. As we get to where we can kind of see the town on the horizon, mm -hmm. I will bird and go and get a bird's eye view of everything and kind okay. of get the lay of the land, so to speak, okay. so that I can kind of see, make sure that the town's not like on fire. Sure. <laughs> yeah. No. I'll slow us down a little bit to give her time to do that and report back. 
So on the horizon, you know, once you're a few hours from the crossing, you do see it is this settlement that has built up, as would almost any settlement, around a place of defense and a place of power that Fort Rushing Water has become. It's kind of one of those things where it probably started out as a work camp, and then, you know, once the walls of the fort were built, then people started building more permanent structures until now you have, it's a frontier town. It's a gathering place, because you can probably bet that there's probably other smaller homes or settlements around here that basically use Fort Rushing Water as a hub point. Goods would be brought from the last stop to Fort Rushing Water to be distributed out. And that's basically kind of how the dwarves really started. It's how they hype up the rail line, right? Because they're like, oh, we could build a rail line out to this place and have it be connected, and therefore you would get more goods and more supplies. And you know, once, so a on. once a place proves that it can be prosperous, <laughs> then you might reconnect it to the rail lines. Exactly, exactly. But the most prominent thing that you notice, because this settlement, it's not, it's nowhere even near the size of the last stop. But the thing that you notice is the octangular dwarven fort. And it's a very distinct style of construction that the dwarves use. This is how they build all of their fortifications, is they want big, massive, heavy doors to the north, the south, the east, and the west, so that way, no matter where the threat comes from, they can fling that door open and send defenders out. So there's this kind of this thick octangular wall with these big doors and they're double gates. So like you have to open one gate, come in, close that gate, open the second gate, like a lock system. In the middle of this octangular walled area is the fort itself. And you see that there are some kind of guard towers that extend up, but Mokrin would be able to tell you that Dwarven construction, yeah, they'll build some stuff up in order to see over the walls. Dwarves go down, so there's probably more of this fort that's sunk into the earth. How about materials? Is it where they have been able to find stone or, or haul stone, or are they going to rely on the lesser quality of wood. The line has been built up over the years of, they probably started out with a wooden palisade, but then as time went on and they were able to either mine or bring in material, it has now converged into a stone, very permanent structure. But that is what you see, soaring overhead of Fort Rushing Water and its associated township. Happy Holidays from Red Dirt d and I'm Michael Cross. Over the past week, we got an amazing review on Apple Podcasts from Ladybug2255999. In the comment titled Unique Entertainment, Ladybug calls our show funny and engaging and says if you are at all a fan of humorous interplay between a group of people who have obvious chemistry as well as some real improv chops, and give this one a shot. Thank you so much, Ladybug. Speaking of leaving a review, Red Dirt D&D is holding a new contest giveaway with the prize being a $30 gift certificate to D&D Beyond. 
All you have to do is comment on our show at your favorite platform to listen to Red Dirt D&D and take a screenshot of it. Then post the picture on Twitter or Facebook tagging us at Red Dirt D&D or send it to us at reddirtdnd at gmail.com. We'll be drawing a winner during our next holiday special celebrating the Lunar New Year early in 2022. In the meantime, why not become a member of our Patreon? Membership starts at just $5 and you can listen to episodes four days before anyone else and get access to our Discord server. You can join some of our awesome fans like Nightmare, Jamie Van Giuseppe, and The Texan. Head over to patreon.com slash reddirtdnd to find out more. Want more Red Dirt D&D? You can also join us on Twitch, where we have special shows like A&M Talk D&D with me and Ash, along with Plausible Deniability with Johnny and Brooke. I've been joining the guys the past couple of shows, and the discussion has been awesome. You can find them at twitch.tv slash reddirtdnd. You should also check out our YouTube page where we have past episodes and we are currently working on new, never before seen content. Also, come visit us on the web at reddirtdnd.com. We would love to hear from you. Finally, make sure and follow us on Twitter and Facebook and share us with all your friends and family. All right, let's get back to the show as our heroes close in on Fort Rushingwater in the Caliban Frontier. So I will come back and I will pop back into poppy form and just kind of explain the construction that I saw. And I'm not completely ignorant of dwarven ways. There's a reason I speak dwarvish. We did a lot of business with them, so I kind of get the basic idea. So I just would kind of relay all of that and let Mokrid chime in with what he felt comfortable chiming in with. That double gate system that they've got there, the walls around are gonna be are gonna be solid, but there's gonna be pathways, maybe right underneath the surface or maybe small, you know, dwarven sized crawl tunnels or, 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 or run tunnels that you can get troops unseen within the walls to any side. There's also gonna be, uh, you know, all kinds of ways that you can cause problems for invaders in between that the two gate system and then yeah poppy you're exactly right what we can see above is probably one third or maybe even less of what they got below depending on the stability of the ground tip of the iceberg you might say and there is always work to be found there anytime because they are always building lower and lower you can always find work in fort rushing water whether you be dwarf or orc or human they will accept you if you are able to work. And that's the thing, though, too, about, like, like with frontier towns, right, is that the town itself supports, yes, the people who live there and the people who own the businesses there and work there, but it's also like a, it's like a satellite system, right? So you'll get people who have, like the McKees, they have a ranch that's a day or so ride from the last stop. And so it's kind of similar here, how the Dwarven Ford is, you know, the centralized location where other people from outside areas can come, get what they need, and then they go back home type thing. 
So we, as we are coming to Fort Rushing Water, we will start to see agriculture, we'll yes. see ranches, yes. we'll see farms, but long before we actually get to the fort itself. Yes. And the thing I will also tell you, so part of the problem here, you are, even though you're close to the Great Mother River, you are truly in Kalban Desert now. Barren wasteland. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so are we seeing agriculture? Really, no. Well, except we, we will see Rock ranches. We will see cows and... Aurochs? Yeah, aurochs. Something that can eat the scrub. Maybe. 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 Like, that's, like that's, that's the thing. Around here and around this particular area, it's very rough terrain. Okay. So, as we go, is there uh, somebody that I would know in there as far as getting a job or anything like that? The best place to go is literally to the fort itself. Right, yes, yes. And the best person to talk to, or at least to ask for, would be Commander Winifred Wallhammer. She is the dwarven commander of this fort. So Winifred Wall Wallhammer. Wallhammer. W-A-L-L-H-A-M-M-E-R. As we get closer to the fort, I say, you know, we should check out Commander Winifred Wallhammer. They might be able to point us in the right direction of you had mentioned some kind of a jaw, something that they might be needing us for. That's great that you have that that information. Look, I know this looks seems weird that we're checking it out and scouting ahead, but uh, you gotta understand the last place we walked into, not all of us walked out of. So we're just... Being a little cautious. You should always check out a place before you walk, if you have the means. Sometimes you just have to walk right in. Yeah. But uh, with young Poppy flying in the air and the knowledge that Malkrin has. Speaking of, does that name ring a bell with a natural 18? The natural 18. So, Commander Winifred Wallhammer, the Iron Lady. Ooh. One of the roughest and hardest hearted dwarves that you have ever heard of. Uh, and that's why she was assigned out here to keep order from rumors that you've heard. Oh, she keeps order. She keeps order with an iron fist. There's a lot of people who have a lot of opinions about Miss Wallhammer, or Commander Wallhammer. She will quickly correct you. She don't suffer no fools. Would this have been an assignment she would have wanted to take? Like, oh yeah, I'll go do that. What would be my perception on that? Punishment is the fruit. Strangely enough, she volunteered. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not normal. Most of the time, the commanders of the forts get their posting and it's just as much of punishment for them as it's said to be an honor. Do I remember anything about the wall hammers back home? Was she perhaps like an only child or is she older, younger? She's one of the younger daughters of the family. You almost get the sense that she needed something to prove her name. And I kind of relay that to, to everybody. If she's the Winifred Wallhammer, one, she gonna be incredibly disciplined and we're gonna have to watch our, our P's and Q's. Poppy, she probably gonna come across as, as rude and staunch, but uh, it's just the dwarven way. There's no progress without order, and you can't have order without rules. And they called her the Iron Lady. She is no, not gonna be much mercy out here. And then if I remember right, she was one of the younger daughters 
of uh, the Wallhammer clan. I think she volunteered to come out here probably in an attempt to prove herself, prove she could be the leader even more than like her older brothers and sisters. So, you head into Fort Rushing Water. It is most certainly a dwarven settlement. And it is very odd. You don't notice a lot of farming. You don't notice a lot of agriculture. And the people that you pass by, you know, a mix of dwarves, humans, couple orcs here and there, they all seem to be a little, a little weather-worn, a little, a little exhausted. And it is strange, because it does seem to, almost has the feeling of a war camp, where people are resting and preparing for an attack. Those walking around that seem like they're probably the worker type. Mm -hmm. Is it like war fatigue, or does it seem like, I don't know if I use the word slaves, but like imprisoned labor? Are they free? It's that whole situation where, kind of as Mokran was talking about, Mm -hmm. if they're dwarven, then they were probably sent here. Right, but the orcs and others. But the orcs and the, the orcs and the humans, it's it more seems like that whole idea of this is our home and we're going to defend our home. We're going to help defend our home, um, or maybe you know they've been kind of hired on as because you know there are only so many outcast dwarves in the world. Yeah, we're we're in right. Yeah, yeah. let's say you're in the town. Yeah, you're in the town, and you can head towards you can head towards the actual fort itself, or you could. You try to stop somebody well, here in town. I do want to stop just a random passerby and just playing completely dumb. To them. Where would I find the commander? Oh, you looking for, for Commander Wallhammer? Yes. Uh, that way, sir. He points to the fort itself. But didn't seem any kind of weird at the name or no, he, it's like he cautious knows, or anything? Yeah, I mean, it's like he knows the name okay. and like... There is a little bit of why that. Why would you come see her? Yeah, like why that? are you see? No. Oh, okay, okay. No, people, it seems like people ask after the commander, you know, every so often, that it's not that unusual of a thing. Okay. Connor, where are you? My bag. And where's the bag? In the cart. How's Mokrin, what's his perception on when people notice Connor? Is that there's not any animosity per se? Well, so Connor, are you hiding or are you just... So yeah, um, I'd probably be peeking out of the bag a little. Mm-hmm. Do you want to just give me a stealth check? Yeah, that'd be fine. If you haven't chosen to go invisible or anything. No. 18 plus seven. Okay. You're a small kobold in the back of a wagon. Like, you know how to make yourself unnoticeable. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're staying very still and you're probably, might not be in the bag, but at least like have it over you like a little cloak. (laughs) (laughs) And so like you're peeking out and like you're watching the road, but no one spotted you. Okay. Well, I'm gonna remember what Mokrin said. I'm eyeballing some dwarves, beards, no beards, kind of beards. Seems to be kind of a mix of, it's like there's some who, you know, it's that whole serve the time. Now they're just waiting out the rest of it and some that, you know, might not have been following the rules like they should, so they've been shamed further type thing. All right, well, Gaz, you might be a familiar face. Mokrin? Yes, sir. We're gonna need you. <clears throat> I think the three of us for sure should head directly for the commander. Poppy, you wanna come with us? You got, giving you the, I'm, I'm trying to not tell you what to do. 
that's mighty nice of you. Connor, do you, are you going to come or are you going to stay here? Because I can stay here with you if that would make you more comfortable or I can, we can all go together. I'll go with you guys. Yeah, we're all going to go. Okay. We might as well approach, you know, very openly and we don't have nothing to hide. We ain't. Yeah. Showing up in large numbers won't be intimidating at all. Let's go. Yeah, so we'll start making our I way to where... say five is a large number. <laughs> he'll, he'll, uh, yeah, start walking the way the kind of yeah, you do see um, the doors of the fort are open, basically kind of saying, like, you're welcome to come in. Mm -hmm. It would be more like if the alarm was raised, then, you know, the, the doors would immediately close. That's a good, that's a good point. As I approach this, I, I, not that I'm a tactician or anything, but I do, I see enough, at least in this adventure. Is there anyone posted somewhere? Are they watch looking at us? Do I see anyone with weapons? You do see various, like, various guards. Mm -hmm. Some you do see walking openly. But that's, again, one of the things about Dwarven construction is that they build very much with defense in mind. If you were going to lay siege to a Dwarven fort, you would run out of supplies before they do. So I'm, I'm kind of picking up that like, they're not paying attention to us. We're, they perceive us as zero threat. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, you guys get some, you get some looks, you get some, you know, some curiosity because... You're travelers, you're outsiders, new people in town, but it's that kind of curiosity and not necessarily, it's curiosity, not suspicion. Okay. So. Okay. Because some of them haven't seen a kobold ever and probably haven't seen a halfling in a while. Yeah, Connor's getting more, more curious, again, and it's, it's a lot of curiosity, not necessarily suspicion, just because... Mm -hmm new novel thing. Yeah, as I get closer, I might ask one or two more people, Commander Wallhammer, this way? Yeah, they keep keep pointing it towards okay. Fort. Okay. I greet the guards, and I say, uh, greetings, uh, you might remember me. I have found some bounties for you here and uh, for Commander Wallhammer, and I've just come to see if I could talk to them and see if there were any new jobs available for my companions and I. <laughs> oh yeah, Commander's got a real special one. Go talk to a guys. Ah, uh, wonderful. Come, friends, we shall be eating well tonight. So yes, let's uh, head into the office to see if we can find, and I'm sure I would know my way. And it's one of those things, you know, walking, walking into the fort, there's a bit of a hustle and a bustle, you know, and again, it's like the dwarves are once more kind of laying back. It's the type of watching, you know, you're watching the horizon to see if there's going to be a storm on the horizon. And it does seem like here kind of in the middle of the day, it's almost as if like the schedule has been flip-flopped from what you're used to. Because you're used to these people being up and bustling during daytime, but... There's been a flip-flop. It seems like what more people are resting in the dark. during the daytime than they would be before. So you walk in to the first floor of the Dwarven Fort. Mm -hmm. They have a big kind of open common area that it's kind of one of those things that can basically be turned into whatever they need it to, right? Like if they need it to be a feasting hall, it can be a feasting hall. If they need it to be a temporary medical ward, it can be a temporary medical ward. So right now, it does seem to be kind of the stockpile. And you do see, actually in the center of the room, big table. Again, low, because dwarfs. 
Um, I feel so happy. <laughs> yeah, I was say, Poppy, like, Precisely. everything's built more on, like, it's more on your scale. Yes, it's a little more grand because the dwarves, they like to make a statement. Listen, I've been to the Black Hands Manor. I've been to parties. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm just glad to not have to need a booster seat. At the large table, towards the center of the room, you see, standing around it, three figures. One, round about, four nine, fairly broad-shouldered, bright blonde beard, braided in a very utilitarian style, clothing very well tailored to her form, female dwarf, who you can assume is Commander Winifred Wallhammer. Do I recognize her? Yes, you do. Okay. Standing next to her, seeming to help her strategize to Mokrin, Poppy, Zonimus, and Connor, Marshal Evelyn Walker. <gasps> wow. Paladin of Daga. <sighs> and her traveling companion, Mordecai Aramaeus. <clears throat> and of course, as you approach, the commander looks up. Well now, Gaius. Good to see you again. Commander. Who did you bring with you? Oh, these are my new friends I met on the way out in the Caliban. And, uh, oh, Marshal Walker. <laughs> oh, you old rogue. Anything new out in the Caliban? Have you found, have you found the Black Smoke gang that you are looking for? Not yet, guess. They uh, are as elusive uh, as ever. And she comes forward and yeah. Clasps your hand real tight. You came at the best time. Ah, oh, good. I That's like a good adventure. <laughs> Commander Wallhammer here. Could uh, use your help. Fantastic. I'll let her explain. She knows the story better than I do. And the commander looks up at you all, squares her shoulders and says, Well now, new recruits, we're having a little bit of a trouble with the dam. Red Dirt D&D, Tales from the Caliban Frontier, is Ash King as our Dungeon Master, Brooke Bullock as Mokrin Stoneshaper, Johnny Payne as Zonimus Dinar, Kiri Hester as Poppy Tealeaf, Connor Chenold as Connor the Kobold, and I'm Michael Cross as Gaz. Our theme music was created by the Cinemagician P.J. Castillo. Our incidental music comes from Jeffrey McBride. Our sound effects and additional music, courtesy of Monument Studios, Andrew Sitkov, and TabletopAudio.com. We here at Red Dirt D&D could really use your help in getting the word out about us. If you like what you've heard, make sure to rate us and leave a comment. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and RedDirtD&D.com. Tell your friends about Red Dirt D&D and share us on social media. And we have new content on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash reddirtdnd. And check us out on our YouTube page. Just search for Red Dirt D&D. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash reddirtdnd. We have several giving levels, including early listening to shows and access to our Discord server. Join us next time as we go deeper into the Caliban Frontier. Welcome to Red Dirt D&D. I'm Michael Cross, and I play Gaz, an orc barbarian, son of Yazgash and Mozgov, protector of the Caliban, hero of the people, scourge of evil everywhere, and all-around awesome dude.
I'm Connor. Sh- <laughs> I'm sorry. You should have prepped us for that because oh my god, that <laughs> is brilliant. And we're over here all dying I'm like, trying to keep it in. Well, I know what mine is. I'm Johnny Payne, and I'm gonna monologue for three minutes. <laughs> okay, that's not the actual intro. I just thought I'd have. You just fun had to get that, that out. Oh. Okay. Generally, no, we now, workshop now you're messing the intro. Now I don't know which one is real or not. No, no. Okay, outtake. This is awesome. That was this. That was that. <laughs> Good night, heaven. Stick a kobold in a bag, put him in the back of the cart. Yeah. <laughs> he crawls, crawls into the bag himself so yeah. like someone can carry him. <laughs> just walks up. Anonymous, hold this. And I hold it, he jumps in. Yeah. Hey, little kangaroo, baby! Yeah. And I very pointedly get in there before, like, cleanup's all done. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in there with his cup of coffee, like, immediately. <laughs> they, they can handle this. They got gas now. It's a whole thing, like, you know, we have a dog that's just really cold, right? And they have a blanket, and they just go under the blanket and then they come back out and all you see is just the tip of the snout. Uh-huh, yeah, that's how I'm lapping up the coffee. <laughs> he doesn't have lips. Remember, we previously established this. It's hard for him to drink things. He's mouthy for someone without lips. That's our Connor. If you punch him in the face, would he get Gallop a fat me. lip? He has no lips. And now all I can think of is veggie tails. <laughs> I have slurpy in my ear. <laughs> Oh, you're what? old. That's why Gascash didn't mention you, like, out of character. Like, that's... <laughs> I felt offended that Gascash and Moscow didn't mention that you existed. Have you seen my because... two-year-old boy? <laughs> yeah. It's because you're a full-on adult who's been gone for a while. Yes, so they adopted Windrunner because they were empty nesters. <laughs> Oh, God. He's ungrateful son. He never writes. He never comes home. <laughs> Haven't seen him in years. He just sends him a picture of his latest adventure. <laughs> this is me fighting some sand silhouettes. His his it's mom a gets a picture sticky. in a couple weeks, and it's him fighting a sand silhouette. But there's a tiny little furball next to him. Hey, I know that furball. <laughs> it is Poppy. <laughs> Message is a cantrip, but like yeah, send selfies like yeah. a third level spell. <laughs> All of a sudden, Gaz is like, Poppy, take selfie with me. <laughs> so Poppy's not in the, in the picture. No, I know his giant eagle talons way off in the distance in the top corner. It's like, uh, yeah, as soon as we met, she freaked out and flew five counties away. (laughs) Saddle up. I thought we were moving this whole time. I did too, actually. (laughs) (laughs) In my editing, we might be. (laughs) I think we are. We'll just say words. You make this into whatever episode you want it to be. (laughs) Welcome to the Gas Show. It's Gas. You know, we don't even have to show up for next recording. You can just throw together our voices. (laughs) Like some random words. Fight. Save. Oh, no. Ah! (laughs) Hooray! Sneaky coyote. Gas have a last name? Oh, we talked about it at the end of recording last time because I right. asked, does Gaz okay. have a last name? Because we didn't know like, yes, Gash and Moscow's last name. If they, like, you know, do no. the high He's like names. Cher. So Brangelina. He's like, like Cher. Sting and Madonna. It's, yeah, okay. I'm like Zendaya. <laughs> she looking over your shoulder all the yes. time? So we journey on, and it's uneventful, and nothing happens, and the sun is shining, and we have a good time, we right? We the fort. They give us the supplies we need and a map to the mines. So we're at the mines. <laughs> That's <laughs> not how the game works. The mines we want are not at Fort Washington Water. We're going to have to make a boat, Huckleberry Finn style, and go down the river to the Lake of Tears, and that's where the Flight Crystal Mine is. I don't think we have to make a boat. We just don't have time for a boat. Let's just get into barrels. <laughs> I was, that, that I was thinking about. Can't do that. I was thinking about <laughs> put, casting some kind of spell on the the wagon and just turning the wagon into a boat. We're gonna cock the wagon and float it. Yeah.
Listen, that works in Oregon Trail all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Well, if it works in Oregon Trail, we can't lose. <laughs> Let's all get dysentery. I can't okay. believe they shave during No Shave November, though. <laughs> it's such an affront. I know. Like, it's rule-breaking. Oh, my gosh. Kimberly texted me and said, I hope you I hope today you're as happy as a cat in a rat bar. <laughs> I said, listen, those are hard to come up with off the top of your head. <laughs> Poppy, what do you see with your bird eyes? <laughs> I see a stop sign, but it's laying on the ground. <laughs> it's a stop sign. <laughs> Poppy, you wanna come with us? You got giving you the I'm trying to not tell you what to do. Oh, that's mighty nice of you. Um, Stop knitting and pay attention. I am paying attention. Someone has to keep making handkerchiefs because y'all keep taking them. <laughs> With your snotty noses. We're having a little bit of a trouble. With the dam. We good there, Michael? Yeah, that's good. I asked her if she knows Evelyn, where I can find Evelyn the commander. Walker, I, I, is it Walker or Waller? Walker. It's Walker. It's Walker. Like, Walker. like Walker, Texas Ranger. Like yeah. The wall, yeah, that was the joke. Was yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the joke. And, and what was her companion? Mordecai. Mordecai. Mordecai, thank you. Like Mordecai, the Texas Ranger. <laughs>